It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome into the Around the Ozark Sports Scene podcast. I am Scott Perrier. Thank you for listening here on this holiday edition. We will not have a podcast next week as we take some time off to watch some hoops, spend some time with family, and, and enjoy the, the holiday break there. But we'll be back uh, the first week of January after this episode 11 of the uh, Around the Ozark Sports Scene podcast. We started off each week with our three things to watch segment, kind of a look ahead to the sports weekend and beyond. And with no podcast next week, we'll kind of take a look at uh, next week as well. Busy time on the sports scene, lots of bowl football games, holiday basketball tournaments, and uh, we start out with number one. It is that holiday high school basketball time throughout the Ozarks, highlighted by the annual Blue and Gold Tournament and the Pink and White Tournament. Blue and Gold over at Missouri State, Pink and White uh, for the girls, the Lady Classic over at Drew University. Encourage everyone to get out, as they usually do over the holiday break, to watch some, some great high school hoops from our area teams, uh, see all your friends there you see every year, and just kind of a tradition in the Ozarks. You go to one or the other or both and and uh, plan your schedule accordingly there. The uh, Blue and Gold will start on Tuesday and run through Friday. The Pink and White will start a day later on Wednesday and run through Saturday, again at Missouri State for the Blue and Gold and at Drury for the Pink and White. We're going to talk more in depth with uh, both of those tournaments here shortly with our uh, special guest, Wyatt Wheeler of the Springfield Newsleader. What to watch number two? The Missouri State basketball Bears try to bounce back from a brutal one-point loss at Tulsa last weekend. They've got uh, D1 newcomer Lindenwood out of St. Charles, Missouri, in town uh, tonight as we tape this podcast. We won't know that uh, result, obviously, when you hear that. You'll know it by the time we hear this. But Lindenwood coming to town to... Great Southern Bank Arena. Then the Bears take a trip out west to face St. Mary's on Saturday for their final non-con of the season before they dive fully back into Missouri Valley Conference play. Number three, the Missouri State Lady Bears are hosting the Lady Bears Classic Wednesday and Thursday at the Vault, a.k.a. Great Southern Bank Arena. They've got BYU on Wednesday, Western Kentucky on Thursday, and then they shut it down for Christmas before Valley play the rest of the way starting uh, late next week. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. They play host to the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas Eve. Of course, the Chiefs are, are trying to stay alive for the number one overall seed in the playoffs, chasing the uh, the Ravens and need a little help there. They might get it because the Ravens actually have a uh, Christmas Day game uh, at San Francisco. Uh, what a way to finish uh, the holiday day there with uh, probably the two best teams in football right now, the two hottest teams Anyway, with uh, San Francisco and, and Baltimore going at it on Christmas Day. And finally, we'll tell you number five about the, the big Mizzou football game coming up. It is on Friday, December 29th. The uh, Tigers take on Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Mizzou, 10-2 uh, and two season this year. They're, they're returned to relevance. Uh, they're taking on an Ohio State team that is a little wounded going in, uh, wounded by the transfer portal as starting quarterback Kyle McCord has left and gone already to uh, Syracuse to sign on with the Orangemen there. And uh, their star wide receiver, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., will not play in the bowl game as he sits out to get ready for the NFL draft where he's expected to be a top two, uh, one of the first two guys taken in the draft next April. So Mizzou and Ohio State, uh, Mizzou's had a big month out on the recruiting trail, the portal trail, 
Um, they've got some guys in that, that will bolster uh, what they plan to do next year, which is build on this this kind of breakthrough season that Eli Drinkwitz's team has had this year. And nothing could build more momentum for the Tigers than a, a win over a, a blue blood like Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl uh, to finish off the year. Special guest on today's podcast is Wyatt Wheeler, the Springfield News leader, the jack of all trades. Some would just call him a jack. Um, but uh, the guy covers everything from Missouri State to Lady Bears to high school to baseball, you name it. Wyatt Wheeler covers it. Uh, of course, this is a reuniting of the A-team, the dream team, whatever you want to call it, from back when we were doing some afternoon uh, shows uh, about a year ago and, and uh, due to an unfortunate circumstance. But uh, happy to have Wyatt back on. Wyatt, thanks for joining me today. No, I miss you. I miss doing shows with you. I know we had the dream at one point of um, maybe having a show of our own at one point, but uh, I think we're happy where we are, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to jump on this. And we'll never say never on that either. You know, I mean, you, you never know in this market what may come around. And, you know, I had fun doing Mondays while, while Art Haynes was recovering uh, on Sports Talk, and, and just great to see uh your buddy and, and ours and everybody's buddy with his continued progress. That's got to be something that uh, you talk about um, things you're thankful for in uh, 2023. That's got to be one of the top ones, isn't it? No, it's number one. Uh, we yeah. didn't think we'd have him there for a little bit, and uh, he's still here and he's doing great. And he's calling uh, Missouri State basketball games and having a little bit of uh, the life that he had before he got sick. So it's. Uh, it's been the best. It's been the best thing to come from this year. Absolutely. Well, we wanted to talk uh, holiday basketball. It's a big time of the year, tradition rich uh, for everybody here, where they get through Christmas and they start plotting their blue and gold or pink and white strategy and head over to Missouri State and or Drury or both. You know, uh, to catch hoops. And I know you'll be posted up over at um, Missouri State at, at uh, Great Southern Bank Arena, Hammond Center. Uh, watching boys hoops the entire week. Will, will you get any uh, pink and white in, or do you have a, a helper for that? I'm getting some help on the pink and white. I think I'm going to be doing the championships. So okay. uh, I, lo- I love how they do the staggered schedule to where um, you're, you're able to go to both championship days if you're uh, um, when you're me. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, I think it's a great thing that SPS and uh, Greenwood's been able to do. I know it's going to get a little tricky uh, when the calendars aren't right starting next year, I believe. But um, happy to get in both gyms. It's uh, they're they're both they're both uh, uh, great. Uh, they're both great traditions and a highlight of every year. Well, and and you and I have you know followed similar paths. You know, I, I had the high school beat from '85 to probably about 92 or 93 and, and my favorite time was just like you going over and and basically living at uh, what was then Hammond Center was the only site uh, back then actually McDonald Arena was the other side at uh, Missouri State but uh, not leaving and wall-to-wall basketball from 9 30 in the morning till 10 30 or 11 30 at night and and uh, that'll be the case for you again I love your blogs uh, throughout the day is that probably the most fun you have during the blue and gold is just capturing the sights and sounds of what's happening yeah i mean it's it's better i like to joke around in there make a uh take a jab at the arena music that they like to keep playing um whatever over and over and over and over again throughout those uh 
uh, really turns into about 16 hour, 18 hour days, but, uh, it's basketball. There's great kids. There's a lot of great talent in the area right now. A lot of teams that are going to be capable of winning these as well. So it should be a really great tournament this week and, uh, love the blogs, love just the little storylines in there and, and the kids can be really funny at the same time. I, I love the uh, the predictions. You go out on a limb, and I read that uh, last night, your predictions uh, round by round and, and champions. I kind of got into that back in the late 80s a little bit, 90s, and and we've talked about it on the air. But you really, when you put yourself out there, there are some people that take it way too seriously, and and uh, there are others that just say, hey, it's a guy doing his job and, and stirring up uh, the, the readers there. and. And but um, a lot of fun doing that, and and uh, your record hadn't been bad either on that. No, I mean you, it's you get the first rounds and everything that are they're usually just chalk. There's usually a there might be an upset here and there, but um, it's fun to be wrong. I think that's the best part of it. You don't want it to be too predictable going in there and coming out with just the. the teams that you think you're going to win it's a part of sports so we're still sports fans it's not all about uh being right when you come out with these predictions you're trying to have fun and uh preview it in a different way and uh, i think there's going to be a lot of uh i think there's going to be some surprises in there and i i'm I'm excited to be wrong in a few of those well the the top seeds in order uh let's go one through five i think i believe it's the blue i get my divisions mixed up sometimes but Nixa one, Republic two, Hartville three, Rogersville four, Fairgrove five on one side. On the other side, Central, Ozark, Glendale, Sparta, and Greenwood. Uh, pretty evenly balanced between blue and gold this year, you think? Or is one side a little uh, stronger than the other? You know, I think the blue's a little stronger than the other because I think you could make an argument that Hartville should be a one seed. And I, I kind of brought that up in the seeding meeting. Um, you have a lot of players back from that Hartville team that went to the state semifinals last week, last season. And you give them a three. Uh, that's the one, when you circle who's the one team in the entire area you don't want to play in this tournament, it's usually Hartville because they're going to make you play your way and they have a lot of experience back and everything like that. And then you drop them to a three behind a Nixa, who won, who was undefeated regular season last year, uh, has had a strong start to this year. And you have Republic at number two, who won a blue and gold, who, um, two blue, the two blue and gold tournament uh, champions last year. But with those are one and twos, and then you get a Hartville at three. I think that's uh, that's pretty strong there. Um, Central, I think, and then you look at the other one, the Gold Central. Uh, I think is as talented as, as talented as anyone in the area. Ozark's kind of been had has been up and down this uh, this season. Um, usually figures it out by the blue and gold. Glendale, your best player there is a sophomore, Amari Witham, um, not experienced in this tournament. Going to see a lot of guys try to gain that experience in this tournament. When you just look one through three. That blue division, it's hard to argue, it's hard to fight against uh, any of those when you say uh, Knicks uh, Republic Hartsville. And I believe Catholics a six in in which side, the Knicks side or the the uh, Central side? Central. The Catholic, Catholics a seven on the blue side. Seven so on I, the blue. I mean, you're looking seven on the blue, so you could get a second round game between Catholic Jay Osborne, the winningest coach 
in the history of the tournament going up against a Republic team that's kind of slow out the gate because it didn't have its front court for, for the first couple of games, the first week or so, to where it's still trying to find its mix when a lot of those guys were still playing football to go into the state championship. Sure. And, uh, and yeah, where I was going with that too was, I mean, you mentioned Ozark and, and how they play and Jay Osborne and his many years, at, you know, Pleasant Hope and Nixa and doing well in the tournament. That's what made those Ozark Nixa games so fun. The Jay Osborne, Mark Schweitzer matchups. Cause I think, you know, if, if you rank the coaches in this, it'd be hard not to have them one, two, or, you know, either way in terms of, guys you don't want to face in this tournament. Oh, yeah. And, I, I mean, Jay getting to a second round against Republic, who's still trying to figure some things out. And that Catholic team's been really good to start the season. So, um, I, you can't bet against Jay getting to that. I, I wouldn't bet. I, I think I might have picked uh, Jay to beat Republic in that second round. So, um, just kind of look. That's, that's a team that's getting better, going to keep getting better. So, uh fascinated to see how that blue turns out when you look one through seven and you're feeling pretty good about any of those teams you know this podcast doesn't come out uh, to the public till thursday morning so we can talk about it now but i know nixon central tonight will be a fun one um that matchup and and will tell us probably a lot about both of those teams but I, i've seen nixa a few times and and i don't think there is as talented as they were last year. When you lose a Kale Combs, you can't expect to be. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out who the you know who the guys are that need to have the ball and need to score. And I'll tell you, um, Jackson Cantwell is is becoming a force inside if they can just get him in in a little better basketball shape. Uh, the kid's got some agility down there around the hoop. But the one that impresses me is is Adam McKnight, the freshman, who I think is probably their their least dispensable player when it comes to crunch time. They need to have him on the floor. Yeah, that Adam McKnight kid, just seeing his name start to pop up on a lot of things. I mean, that, that could be a starting quarterback for next, uh, next year. That could that's, uh, that's turning into a go-to guy in the basketball court. You look at uh, state rankings in baseball that just came out. He's a top-ten prospect in his class in the state. So um, <laughs> just the just, uh, – just an all-around great athlete that's going to start to take over a little bit at Nixa, and you're and uh, he's going he's to have to grow up really fast in this blue and gold. But you, you like what you see for the first couple rounds for them playing a Reed, Reed Spring team that struggled, uh, possibly getting Lebanon in the next round, and then you get a Logan Rogersville or a Fair Grove. Fair Grove, I think, might be a little bit further along than Rogersville right now. But Rogersville has this freshman and Chase Branham who's going to be one of the best players in the area for the next four years. Uh, that, that, those two, uh, I, I like Nix's path and getting the, getting to a championship um, a little bit more than I'd like some, some others. But uh, you bring up Central as well, and that's a team that beat the heck out of a state champion in Staley. That's a team that just beat Father Tolton. They have Aaron Rowe now from the Link Academy team from last year. Yeah, he came back. So didn't much he? Yeah. On the, yeah, I just went back to Father Tolton. So uh, there's so much on that central team right now uh, that makes you think that it's uh, that makes you think that's the best team in the area. Maybe we have maybe the opinions change by the time the podcast comes out when they play they play Mixa and Ozark this week. Um, could give you a, cha- a gold division championship preview if they play with Ozark. Um, so there, there's a lot to keep an eye on with the Bulldogs. 
I think the cool thing with McKnight uh, next week is, you know, his dad, Tim, was a very uh, strong player for Rogersville back in the day and actually officiated the Blue and Gold for many years. So I'm sure Adam's not only been drugged to those uh, that arena during the holidays, but now gets uh, his chance to start leaving his mark. But uh, I, I did see the Knicks at Kickapoo game uh, live uh, last week and and uh, as you would expect, between those two, a great game. I think Kickapoo is still trying to find itself as well. But uh, the whole time I'm watching that, I'm, I'm watching Jackson Shorter. I'm thinking, how is that kid not a Division One tight end? Come on, Nate Thomas, you got to. If it takes NIL, NIL yeah. money, that kid needs to be on the field next year, tight end for Kickapoo, doesn't he? No, he's a big kid, and uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's a good athlete too. We saw that a lot last year when he was. Uh, starting on that state championship runner-up team. So, uh, you know, you'd love to see that. And uh, Kickapoo's going to want everything he can get going into the COC next year. Uh, so they need to get on him quickly. Absolutely. Well, we talked about McKnight. Uh, you said the Branham kid from uh, from Rogersville is, is a very talented freshman. Who are some of the other young guys, maybe not freshmen, but sophomores, that the people will be seeing for um, possibly for the first time and, and starting to make a household name. And Glendale's got a good young one too, don't they? Yeah, Amari with them. That's a kid uh, that you're going to be ta- that we're going to be talking about for the next three years. Um, exploded as a freshman, he's going to have a chance to be- beat Monty Joe Hall's uh, scoring record and SPS. Um, he's a three point shooter, a guard that'll pass. Um, just the all-around special special athlete that's getting Division One attention. Already got the Missouri State offer. Uh, has the Austin P offer. That's just going to keep going on and on for him. Um, and that's going to be a fun one that night. Uh, first round, they played Marshfield in the first round. You got Tegan Curley on the other side, uh, to where you have two Division One players. Tegan Curley, a six-seven uh, wing forward, uh, to where he's going to he's going to Austin P with Corey Gibson. Um, that's a uh, that's just a, a rare first round matchup when you get two Division One guys going up against each other. That's at nine thirty in the the Gizba, as you like to call it. Uh, but just and the, 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 there's just so many players on Central. You got Tyreek Brooks over there now from Waynesville. Keon Epps is starting to make his name known. Uh, it's a junior that's been kind of a kid that's been on the rise the last few years. He's starting to really turn into uh, one that's putting up big numbers every night. Of course, you got Lafferty with Sparta. Greenwood's going to have Colin Clark. You put, you're going to have Sparta and Greenwood playing maybe in the second round if they get past the first round. Those are two uh, district opponents to where that's going to be uh, a pretty a, a pretty awesome matchup. Uh, Ozark's got the Hudson Roberts kid who's uh, Arkansas baseball can commit who's a great athlete just scores a lot of points for ozark um and just uh, there's just guys all over the place and there's uh the knicks uh, i'm gonna be fascinated to see how these knicks of young guys mix it haven't been able to see them live yet knowing that i'll be uh knowing that i'm gonna see them plenty at the blue and gold but um you know you, you know plants that's gonna have them in the right spot they're gonna be contending and that loaded district at the end of the year and i think one thing about this Knicks team um you know they got kale combs little brother back for the kick game and he looked really good uh as an offensive threat but i think if anything this Knicks team may be deeper than last year just maybe not as talented with who they've got on the floor if that makes sense because they 
they'll rotate in nine or ten guys now, um, and there's not much drop off anywhere they go. You know, whereas last year it was, you know, pretty much a set six or seven, and and, and that was it. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And, and you touched on some of the things that I really loved about the blue and gold was, you know, those, those big school small school matchups that. You know, I don't know if you're to that status yet, but uh, there were some coaches that didn't like me, obviously, at the big schools because we would pair them up with, uh, you know, like a Hartville or um, a Clever back in the day when they were really good or Pleasant Hope. And, you know, those coaches, uh, you know, they'd rather play a big school to where if they lost, it wasn't such a, you know, a, a black mark on their, their resume. But And it wasn't anyway because they were really good small school teams. But that's why I'm always fascinated with like a Sparta or a Greenwood, or, or a Hartville, and, and there's some teams, those teams are some that can pull some upsets, aren't they, this year? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, they have some great players. Sparta with Lafferty, he's the best high school basketball player in the area, um, just as far as putting up numbers and um, just kind of putting that team on his back. And um, if if Cale Combs didn't exist last year, he's probably the player of the year in the area just for what he's able to do for Sparta. And he could play a Colin Clark in Greenwood in the second round, and then those whoever wins comes out of that one would play a Central. Ash Groves at HC that's got a Drury commit, and they could play Central in the second round. Um, and no, you, you laugh at if and you, you laugh at saying I don't know if you don't know if I'm fascinated by some of these matchups. I mean, I get the I, I sit there in the seating meeting every year trying to put Catholic against Nixa because Jay Osborne <laughs> uh, to get that to get that matchup, and they're all like, all right, it's like, calm down there, per year. And uh, they, they say that every year. I mean, even in the pink and white meeting, I'm trying to get Nixa and Kickapoo somehow on the same side of the bracket. And they're all like, what are you trying to do to us? <laughs> it's just well, like when there's Pendergrass, Pendergrass on one bench and Lancey in the other, and it's just like, what are we doing? Well, and, and you know, the, the that's what the fans want. Yeah, that was the thing back in the in the early late eighties, early nineties was the matchups were matchups you'd never see. I, I think maybe the biggest crowd I saw at the Blue and Gold was the year that Greenwood and and Monty Marsh played Kickapoo, Roy Green's team, you know, and, and I mean the place was packed because you weren't gonna get Kickapoo Greenwood anywhere else but the Blue and Gold. And I think that's always been the appeal to it. Are, are do you get much resistance in the seating meetings anymore? Because back when, when I did it you know, I was the only one really that I guess uh, immersed in the uh, high school scene. So if I really put my foot down, it usually happened. Uh, do you get some resistance now because there's a lot more people covering high school basketball now? Oh, it's all resistance. It's all uh, <laughs> we can't we can't we can't do that to these people. And it's just like, but I want to. Yeah. It's, but it's just like, but no, it's, I, I want the storylines. I'm a I'm a writer. I'm a uh, I want the story. So I think that's a fun thing. And when I want the stories, it's uh, I know the stories that people want to read. That's the, that's the big part of my job. And um, I want to see those matchups and everything. Who doesn't want to see Kickapoo play Nixa in girls basketball this year? Um, I, they're not even scheduled in the regular season when they typically are. They might play at the Nixa invite. Um, but it's, uh, you're, I'm looking for those. I want to see those. And, and yeah, you, you bring up last, you bring up the small school Greenwood versus Kickapoo. Um, even a few years ago when you have Aminu Muhammad going up against the Kickapoo kids. Yeah. Um, that was, that, that, that was as packed as I've seen that arena. 
um, Sparta last year, when it's able to go on a run to a championship game and play against uh, Republic in the championship, the governor flies out here. So it's just, and the place is just packed. So it's uh, uh, you, there's just so much of this tournament that makes it a it makes it special. And uh, I hope we get some of those fun storylines. Let's get Catholic and Nixon a championship game. That would be a, that'd be a heck of a run. That would be fun. Yeah, and, and of course, in your predictions, you've got Nixon Hartville in the final. I believe you're calling a Hartville upset in that one for the championship, and then. Central and Ozark with the, the one seed Central holding true there. Are you still sticking with those? Yeah, I'm sticking with those. I, I wrote that yesterday, so it'd be bad if I uh, if I went against that already. <laughs> it would be a quick turnaround, <laughs> yeah, on, on waffling there. Um, pink and white. I know that um, you know that they still have the format where they bring in a couple teams from out state that are you know traditional powers. Um, <sighs> I kind of go back and forth on whether that format has kind of, you know, run its course now. What are your thoughts? I mean, I mean, would the pink and white still be attractive if it were like the blue and gold and it was just Ozarks teams? Well, the good news is that it's going away. Okay, um, uh, it's going. They're they're uh, they're hoping to move away from the uh, uh, Arkansas out of area teams next year. Um, they might do it in the future, just if there's not enough interest or not enough entries from local teams. But I, I prefer an all local. Uh, you you go into these tournaments, you're looking for uh, who the best local team is. Um, I, that's why I would love to see like Kickapoo, I would love to see Kickapoo and Hillcrest, uh, Kickapoo Hillcrest and uh, Parkview in the blue and gold. I, I don't want the SPS rotation. I want to see who I want to see who the best of the area play in the tournament and see who comes out of it. I don't want to go to I don't want to go on championship Saturday at the pink and white and have to have to cover an Arkansas team uh, winning a championship. I, I want to see I I prefer local. Uh, that's, <laughs> I'm glad they're moving away from that. You know, two two of the smaller school teams in that that. Uh obviously met in the state championship last year, had a rematch, what, last night, I believe, Fairgrove and Eldorado Springs? Yeah. Yes, they did. And uh, I didn't didn't really catch the ending of that. So Yeah, Fairgrove got the win, like and, and uh, again, over Eldo. But um, those are two teams that I think they're 1-2 in the state Class 3 poll and, and um, you know, reasonably high seeds over at the pink and white. So I think they're two teams that – you probably expect to be uh, facing again down the stretch in March, too, don't you? Oh yeah, Fair Grove's. Uh, I, there's, I mean, an argument could be made. Fair Grove's better this year, and you expected them to uh, have this type of run in them when they had the two sophomores from last year uh, leading the charge. They, they lose one senior, a uh, really good player in Cameron Green, some size that they had there. Um, but they're, they're so they're, they're going to be a problem for the next few years. So that's they they built something over there. It doesn't matter if Jenny Tower moved over to Nixa. Uh, they've established a program there that's going to keep on winning. So Bear Grove's a challenger in that pink division. They, they can a uh, Kickapoo matchup in the semifinals. Um, not far, not out of the question. So I'd love to I'd love to see that matchup. Before we wrap up the the pink and white, uh, two teams that that. I think have kind of flown under the radar, but uh, the coach is doing just tremendous jobs and getting their programs back to, uh, you know, approaching elite level. What, what Katie Pritchard has done with uh, Marshfield girls, 
um, and getting them back to, to this level. And then Matt Powell out at Glendale, he's uh, got that program playing well as well. Oh, yeah. Marshfield's, start, uh, Marshfield's senior heavy right now. They have a good sophomore. Um, this needs to be. This is a big year for them to try to get over that hump. It's been a really tough district with Rolla and West Plains, um, but there's no better year than right now for Marshfield. Um, they should be able to. They, they're a team that can break a run to the white division championship as Nixa on their side of the bracket. And then Glendale. If, if, if you told me Glendale two years ago would be state ranked in two years. Um, they would have been crazy, but Powell's done a phenomenal job there. Uh, no better coaching turnaround in the area than what he's been able to do. And hopefully you can see them maybe jump a Greenwood, Arkansas on that side of the bracket. Uh, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens. Uh, Republican Glendale, if those two play, uh, white division quarterfinals, uh, there's, uh, that, that's, uh, that team's on the rise, and there's no reason to think that they uh, they can't do it. He is Wyatt Wheeler. You'll be able to read his stuff uh, next week in the uh, newsletter covering the blue and gold and the pink and white. Normally, Wyatt, uh, I release our, our weekly guest at this time, and we do a, a final segment of Scott's Thoughts. But since it is the end of the year and prediction time, we're going to change up Scott's Thoughts to it's either Skyett's Thoughts or or I guess it'd be Watt's Thoughts. A combination of what, what? why, yeah. Which one do you prefer? Oh, yeah, the Skyet sounds funnier. It does. Somebody I mean, it's like Brangelina. We could be Skyet, you know, and and uh, but yeah. we'll throw some stuff out there, and I'll throw a statement out for twenty twenty four, and you tell me if you agree or disagree, and, and give me some thoughts on this. Uh, so, the Skyet's thoughts to wrap up this last podcast of twenty twenty three. Point number one. The Kansas City Chiefs will find a way yet again and get into the Super Bowl. I'm going to say no on that. What do you think? I'm a no. There's just uh, you can. It's hard to get in there so many years in a row. I think the averages kind of come out, and they are who they are at this point. So uh, there's a few other teams that uh, could we could make the jump this year. And. You know, bonus NFL question, is Justin Fields your beloved Bears quarterback next year or not? I don't think so, uh, but uh, you never know with how those idiots are going to go about it. It's such a trash organization that um, who knows? I I, 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 could, I think they might keep him and go Marvin Harrison, but I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, may, it drives me insane. <laughs> So we're, we're both a no on the Chiefs, thinking that uh, the the magic has run out. I mean, there's just been so many instances this year of you got a much better defense now, and yet your offense is sputtering. And so that's uh, they, they, can they get it all in sync? We'll see uh, in the playoffs. Point number two: Mizzou football will be an NCAA playoff qualifier next fall when they go to twelve team playoff. I'm going to say yes. You know, I'm kind of there with you. I see this morning they're able to go get your beloved Oklahoma offensive tackle that was the number one uh, offensive lineman in the transfer portal. Uh, the one they tampered uh, with? So they, they went ahead and yeah, – is it out this morning that he's he's joining them? He is out this morning that he is going to Mizzou. So I was just looking at all the things they have there. I think it all adds up to um, an even better team than they had this year. Um, I don't think their SEC schedule was uh, that tough. It wasn't one of the tougher ones when it was released. And um, 
I, I think it's adding up to Mizzou can get in that 12. They do have a very favorable schedule next year. Um, you know, the, the games they could lose are at home, you know, including OU coming up there next year. But uh, I, you know, I, I admire Drinkwitz for what's, uh, what he's done this year, the, their turnaround. I still don't think they have a marquee win this year over a really good team. Ohio State would help, but it's an Ohio State team that's lost their quarterback and Marvin Harrison Jr. going to sit it out. So, I mean, even then, but, uh, you know, this world of college football right now with the tampering that's going on, you know, you, you go and take a kid that starts his last five games at OU. He's the one returning lineman for the year as a true freshman this year, and you drop a bigger bag, you know. And, and I just – I hate what college football has become, and, and that's what we're at right now. Yeah, I'm just try, I'm just trying to get used to it and everything. Of course, I cover – I watch way too much FCS football to where – um, not all that stuff bothers me as much. I don't really have a favorite uh, a favorite team as far as FBS major programs. So um, just kind of going with FCS, where it's a little more of that traditional style than uh, what you see at the at the highest levels. Moving on, point number three: more likely to be true. This will be Dana Ford's final season at Missouri State or his finest season with the Bears. What do you think? Oh man! I mean, if you if it's his finest, then it'll be his final. Um, and then if it's his final, then it, uh, it's his final. <laughs> so you think you think if he has a good year, he's out? You think he's bouncing? Yeah, I think that's just how it trends. I think a lot of people look at the. Uh, I think they look at the recruiting aspect, especially in this nil age, to where. Uh, if Dana's able to turn it around and you look at what he's able to recruit every year, I think that becomes way more attractive to uh, other schools. Uh, you look at a Dennis Gates, and he didn't have tremendous amount of success at uh, Cleveland State before he jumps on and takes over at Mizzou. I know they're having some troubles this year, but um, was able to quickly turn that into an NCAA team last year. So. Uh, I think that just becomes really attractive when it's like, okay, you made the tournament, you you won, uh, you won a certain amount of games, and you got in to where uh, that becomes super attractive to the highest level. So then, if you if he doesn't have a good year, uh, I think the biggest story going in 2024 is whoever Missouri State hires as its next president. And I think when you're looking at and just knowing some of the people that are on that uh, presidential search committee. There's people who there's people who really care about men's basketball and are and are really not happy with how it's going right now. Um, I, I think that's another. I think that's the thing that people should be happy about is that they brought Dana back to where Cliff and possibly Kyle aren't the ones making the decisions next year on who the next guy would be, or Dana performs well and the president wants to keep him. So it's a uh, uh, there's just so much that's going to go into that when there's a new president going to be announced before Arch Madness, uh, according to the schedule that they initially released. So it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch. Whoever this president's going to have to be impressed by Dana. Um, it's going to have, and who knows if they want their own guy as that athletics director when both of those contracts by contract buyouts are not the largest. To where if they really want to shake some things up, which when you look at the crowds, when you look and everything, some shakeups are going to be needed. Uh, a, lot, a lot of different visions and changes are going to be needed 
to try to get the, some things at the at university athletics is going to need to get back on track. Probably need to figure out how to win more road games when you out-rebound the opponent by 17 and you have a, an 8- or 9-point yeah. lead uh, in the final three minutes, too. That would help. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you can't I, – I, you can't win a conference championship without uh, winning a road game. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that's a fact. Uh, that's, no team has ever done that before. So, Missouri State may be looking to try to be the first. There you go. Uh, point number four, uh, the Lady Bears will lose Coach Beth Cunningham to another Division One program after this season. I say no. I, I mean, it, it. the way they're trending right now, they're going to have to get hot for her really to have the the resume, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say at this point? No, I don't think this season doesn't look as promising as maybe last year did. When you look at some of the guards and how things are going, they're not at a higher level than what they had coming in last year. Um, they're young. They're, they've got a lot of young pieces around there to where they're trying to, um, you know, to where they're trying. They, they've they've got some continuity going into future season, um, but they're just not playing that well right now to where. I, I would be shocked if they if they really turn it on, become a league a league contender and everything. Um, but I think Beth Cunningham's arguably the best coach on the campus when you look at the major sports. Uh, to where they're going to have trouble keeping her at some point, but uh, I don't think that season is going to be this year. I think they have some growth to do. Final point as we put a bow on twenty twenty three. You ready for this one? Uh-oh. Wyatt Wheeler will get married in 2024 or risk losing his quarterback to the transfer portal? Uh, married in 2024? Yeah. That ain't happening in 2024. Uh, I, I can guarantee you that will not be happening in 2024. Uh, keep an eye on future years. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's, uh, 2024 is uh, – it, it might be a planning stage. So uh, let's uh, let's – I don't. I I think the girl that I am dating right now would like a, a whole year of planning before anything like that to where uh, 2024 is out of the question. Are you going to have to drop a bigger NIL bag like Mizzou did with Caden Green, maybe to keep her? Or you think she she's pretty secure? Uh, I, I mean, she ain't going anywhere, but she's going to expect. Uh, she's going to expect that it. She she wouldn't run away, but there's got to be an NIL bag that's going to have to be dropped at some point during uh, 2024. So we'll we'll see we'll see if she accepts or if uh, somebody else might come with a bigger offer. Very good, Wyatt. Always a pleasure to to catch up with you and, and have fun talking sports. Happy holidays to you and and the family and Abby and and let's do it again uh, next year. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I always enjoy it. Miss you, and uh, we'll, we'll have to get together soon. Very good. Wyatt Wheeler of the Springfield News Leader. That's going to do it for this week's episode 11 of the Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I'm Scott Purrier. Thanks for listening and happy holidays.